Well, episode 99 of Where My Killer Tape At is the Capoeira episode, right? Word. So we're going to talk about Capoeira, how I got into it, the history, dispersal, literature, what you do in movies. It's all about Capoeira. So check it out. This episode of Where My Killer Tape Bat uh, was done while I drank. The Dayton Beer Company's The Java Man Cometh American Style Stout with Coffee. Y'all know I love stout and y'all know I love coffee, so this is a dope combination. It's also a local brewery, so shout out to y'all because they make really good stuff. They really, really do. Um, And I really like this because it's not too strong, um, but it got that kick. Word is born. And no, they didn't sponsor this. Shout out to the Barrel House. Well, let me give you a brief history of capoeira before I start. Uh, capoeira is an African-Brazilian martial art. started in, of course, what we know as Brazil over 500 years ago. Um, now, there are people that argue that the martial art came straight from the continent of Africa, particularly in the middle, middle part, like where the Congo is, and the western part, uh, which is now like Nigeria, and all the way as far as south as Angola. Um, and there's different debates about it, different discussions, but... The, everybody agrees that um, the martial arts looked different when they were there and then when they came over here and the different groups that were, were brought here through the European slave trade, they mixed all those martial arts together. Um, now, like any other martial art, there's different branches of capoeira, but what we call capoeira, we grouped together into that one martial art, it all got put together in Brazil. Um, again, um, if you really want to read more about it, um, I'm going to talk about the literature later on. Uh, but it's Brazilian, so a lot of times the music you hear is in Portuguese. Um, all the stuff that references, there's a lot of, this is some songs that reference a lot of um, African countries, particularly Angola, um, Mozambique, the Congo, um, you know, Nigeria, you know, all those different places because, you know, the, the, the Atlantic slave trade, the European slave trade bought a lot of people from, a lot of people from those areas to um North and South America and the Caribbean as well. So, um, Capoeira is rooted in slavery. There's no way you can, um, you know, remove that history. Uh, and a lot of uh, people that escape slavery, they use Capoeira to fight against their oppressors. So, we know those things to be true. Um, and the most notable heroes, of course, are Ganga Zumbi, um, who's actually celebrated in Brazil every year. Um, and he was a freedom fighter and also a king of. A, a, a kingdom of former enslaved people that lived out in the Amazon, um, and he had a, he ruled that kingdom for forty years. So he's one notable hero. Another one that I'm gonna talk about later is um, Besodo Manjanga, um, who's actually um, he, he was somebody that was alive in the 20th century. I know the movie kind of makes it seem like they were still doing slavery, but he wasn't. He was born after uh, slavery was ended in Brazil. 
So that's a lot of heroes in Capoeira. I can go on and on. Uh, but that's the, in a nutshell, that is the history of Capoeira. Before we go any further, I want to dispel a myth. Um, every time I do a capoeira demonstration or I talk about capoeira, people introduce me, they'll say, oh, you know, capoeira is a martial art disguise as a dance, right? I don't know where this idea came from, but it's a complete and total myth. Shout out to Nestor Capoeira who debunks that story in his in his book, which I'm going to talk about later. Um, capoeira was not disguised as a dance. Um, and there's a reason why there's, there's quote-unquote dancing in it, but I'm going to get to that in a second. But anyway, um, they're saying that Africans hit it as a dance so that the slave master wouldn't figure it out, which is stupid, right? It's kind of like the same if we have here in the United States where they say that the reason why um, um, black people have their pants sagging is because the slave master took away their belt and they had to let their pants sag, which doesn't make any sense. If you're out in the fields working all day, you need something to hold up your pants. Um, so they use other things to hold up their pants, even if that was true, right? <laughs> so, but the, the fact of the matter is the slave masters didn't want to pay for belts because it cost money. So they didn't give them belts. So, But our ancestors are smart, right? So they use ropes. Duh. Anyway, it's the same myth, right? It doesn't make any sense because that, that implies that people were stupid and they was like, oh, they're not really fighting, they're dancing. Dumb, 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 dumb. So that is not true and I want to dispel that myth. But where did that come from? How does they, How is there dancing and music in Capoeira? Very simple. Uh, shout out again to Nestor Capoeira. Um, just like any other martial art, Capoeira had different martial arts, right? Different forms, right? And the, and the way martial arts are created is that, because um, every culture has a martial art, it, it all depends on the environment and what they have access to. So if you lived in different parts of Brazil, your Capoeira was different than, say, if you live, let's say, for example, I lived in uh, Rio de Janeiro, it's going to look different than Salvador de Bahia, right? Because I live in a different environment, I have access to different things. But what happened is Capoeira became illegal after after the slavery was um, abolished in 1888. So the police repressed any forms of Capoeira, but it, it did survive in Salvador de Bahia. Why? Because a lot of people that were involved in the government were involved in what's called the Candoble houses. Candoble, consider it like Santeria, right? A syncretism of Christianity and the Yoruba traditions or the Yoruba pantheon, right? So... Um, and that's Yoruba is a tribe from West Africa in parts of Nigeria, Benin, and Togo. Um, anyway, I, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but um, and in those Candoble houses, just like the Santeria houses, like the Lukumi houses, there's a lot of dancing. So capoeira, dancing and instrumentation. So a lot of that stuff was put together in those houses, and that's why there was a lot of dancing in there. So now, where did they get this idea that they got disguised? Well, what ha happened was. In Capoeira, we have what's called Samba Jehoda. And Samba is Samba, right? A, a, a dance from Brazil, right? Um, where there's a lot of drums. So what would happen is um, when they were out, in, you know, this is after slavery, when they were out in the markets playing Capoeira in the street and the police would come, um, the people playing the, the birimba or the instrument that controls the jogo or the game of Capoeira, they would play Samba Jehoda, right? So then that would signal the women to come in and the women would wear these long dresses and they would start dancing and the men would run off and they would hide. They would, you know, and when the police would come, it would be a lot of confusion. They couldn't get everybody. So that's why they did that. So that's where the, the mix up comes into it. But the capoeiristas weren't actually like disguising it. So just to give you all a heads up on that and where the mix up came were. <laughs>
is a question I get asked every time about capoeira. They say, how did you get into capoeira? Um, everybody, everybody asked that. So um, pretty much I always wanted to do capoeira. Um, what happened was, and I'm going to be dating myself. Um, I was about 16 and I was hanging out with my man. Oh, shout out to my man, O, who lives in Florida. And he and I were dancers. We danced together all the time. And rest in peace to the brother Rakim, too, because he used to really, he used to dance with us, um, but he just got thugged out and he went a different route. So, um, my that rhyme. But rest in peace to you, brother. We will never be forgotten. Anyway, me and O was downtown. He was in the village in New York City. And, you know, we used to go on Saturdays shopping. But every now and then, people would have ciphers. Well, not every now and then. Every weekend, everybody had ciphers. And we would jump in a couple of them and everything. And there was always a whole bunch of them, you know, out there. Like, you just never know. This is pre-Giuliani days because Giuliani shut that shit down. So, one time we went and there was like one. Because, you know, there, there were so many of them at any given time that... The crowds are usually small. So um, this one, the crowd was actually kind of big. And there was a lot of, ooh, ah, right? So we we, we like kind of like made our way through. And we saw these two gentlemen playing capoeira. At the time, I didn't know that was capoeira, just to let y'all know. Um, and I was asking people in the crowd, hey, what is that? And people was like, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. So we were kind of trying to make our way closer to those gentlemen as, as, as possible. Um, by the time we got to them, New York crowds, um, they were gone. They had already, the crowd had dispersed and they were gone. So we were asking around and no one could really like tell us what it was. So the rest of that week, I was like talking about it. Like this is what I saw. Um, you know, I started asking people. I started going to, to libraries and asking the librarians there um, about information. And they, they tried their best, you know, they tried their best to figure out what it was. You know, they gave me stuff on Taekwondo or karate um, again, I didn't know that it was an African-based martial art. I didn't know what it actually was. Um, I, I went to about six or seven libraries, maybe eight. And then, I, you know, of course, back then you didn't have the Internet, so you went on the Yellow Pages. And unfortunately, Yellow Pages doesn't work the way you want it to work, right? Because, like, for example, you don't look up clothing. You look up apparel, right? Anyway, I looked up martial arts, and um, they had the usual karate, you know, uh, taekwondo, a couple of kung fu spots in there, but nothing that I could, you know, there were places that I would see that I wasn't, uh, the name I wasn't familiar with, and I would call them, and I would describe what I mean, and they didn't know what I was talking about, or they were like, this is not what we're looking for, you know, we're not what you're looking for, so I eventually gave up, joined the Navy, uh, got, you know, of course, I got stationed in California, and that's when Only the Strong, the movie came out, and boom, that's when I learned that's what capoeira is, right? Again, I didn't know what that martial art was called. But when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, wow. That's what that was. That is what we saw. Now, mind you, at that time, there was only two schools. One was in California, and it still exists today. And that is Mr. Arco Jones School. Um, and he has a cafe in the Bay Area, San Francisco. So it's still there. Uh, if you put capoeira arts cafe, it'll come up. Dot com, it'll, it'll come up. Capoeira arts cafe dot com. It'll come up there. Uh, very well known. He has a book. I'm going to talk about his book later. And then Mr. Um, Jalon, um, who was Wesley Snipes' um, capoeira instructor, he was based out of New York, out of Columbia University, I believe, where Mr. Machado, the late great Mr. Machado, rest in peace to you. Um, and they had a school there. So um, those were only two schools in that country. I didn't know that at the time. I found that out later on. So then I, joined, I was in the Navy. I got out the Navy. A couple years later, um, after I was married, um, I ran into a flyer. And boom, they said, come to Capoeira classes. And I became a student of Capoeira Group of Brazil. That's how I got my Batizado name. Um, they call me Travado in Capoeira. Um, and I started there um, from that school. So that's how I got into Capoeira.
to talk about the dispersal of capoeira because outside of Brazil, capoeira is relatively new as compared to other martial arts, right? Now, a lot of angoleros are going to get mad at me. A lot of angoleros are going to get mad at me. Please do not get mad at me. Um, and the reason why, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but I do not want to. I want them to get mad at me. But if you do, fuck it. You get mad at me, right? Okay. Um, there's two individuals we got to talk about. Mr. Bimba, of course, and um, Mr. Pastinha. And Mr. Pastinha practiced a part of capoeira that's called Angola, which people have debated and say that it's the original form of capoeira. I disagree with that debate. Because the capoeira that we do today is not the capoeira that happened 500 years ago. The capoeira that we do today is not the capoeira that was done, say, in 1910. The capoeira that we do in 1910 wasn't the same as capoeira in 1810. And I'm going to always say that. Um, and, and that's why there's no such thing as a traditional capoeira. There's different forms. Some are older than others. Some are, Like, for example, um, Contemporánea is relatively new. Um, and that's something that was created in the 20th century. I'm going to get into that in a second. So that the other ones are older than Contemporánea. But most what you see on TV, what you see in the movies, what you see um, in um, YouTube is, is called Capoeira Contemporánea or Contemporary Capoeira. So that's, you know, yeah, Angola is older than that. But I'm not going to, you know, say that it's the most traditional, the oldest one. It's not. We don't know what the oldest one is. All right. Anyway, so let's get that out the way. So there's two individuals, Mr. Bimba and Mr. Pastinha. Uh, Mr. Bimba um, started the first Capoeira Academy um, some in the 1930s, um, and at the time, Capoeira was illegal. Um, later on, because of what he did, Capoeira was legalized and it became the national sport. And that's because he trained a lot of people in Salvador de Bahia who was involved in the government and politics, you know, blood of upper class people. Um, Mr. Bimba gets a lot of flack because a lot of his a lot of his students were white. They were white male, and they were usually upper class, right? So a lot of people felt like he sold them out um, because, you know, Capoeira is an Africa-Brazilian. It was for black people, right, in Brazil, right? So he gets a lot of flack for that. But I think that if it wasn't for Mestre Bimba, I will argue with anybody, if it wasn't for Mestre Bimba, we would not have Capoeira today outside of Brazil. Fact. I will argue with anybody about that in a second. So I'm about to explain that in the next segment. Check it. <laughs> Mr. Bimba taught a lot of the people that really bought Capoeira out, or he, he, he influenced them. And I'm going to give you an example. Now, Mr. Arcojon, who started the first school in California. So I'm going to say him and Mr. Jalone came to the United States around the same time. But Mr. Jalone was a student of Mr. Bimba. A lot of Mr. Bimba's students, you know, Mr. Deputado, um, all these people, they started their own schools after that, right? So that's why he's important. Now, um, so, so Mr. Akojon was a student. He was the first one to bring one to the United States, well, along with Mr. Jalon. Now, that being said, there was another. So what Mr. Bimba did was he took all of the movements. Um, he made like a basic set. Like these are all the movements, right? Um, and he was the first one to bring it into an academy or a school. Why is that important? Because before, like most martial arts, most martial arts was taught by sight. So what would happen is there would, there would be a, a, a student who would see a teacher and he would mimic his movements and then the teacher would like help him refine those movements, right? It wasn't later on 
where people started, you know, when you had people that had a lot of money that wanted to get that taught, that they brought it into the schools and people had to make actually basic movements, just like any other class you would take to teach for everybody so it could be universal. So Mr. Beanby, even though he still took that idea because he still had the older students do the movements and newer students copy them and then he would fix it. Um, but then what he did was he did what's called being by sequencias, where he said for you to come to, for you to graduate in my class, you have to learn these basic movements, you have to learn these sequence of movements and the music and everything, and that's how you moved up, you know, in, in capoeira, just like any other martial art, you had to know certain movements to move up to different levels. So he was the first one to do that. Now Grupo Sensala was a group that started in a different part of Brazil. And they took some of his classes. You know, they, a lot of them went through the class. They weren't like his student students, but they took some of his classes and they taught at a rooftop at somebody's home. From Grupo Sensala, that's where you have Nestor Capoeira. Now, Nestor Capoeira, who wrote um, that Capoeira book, my little Capoeira book, he took his first class. He taught, he taught, he was one of the first messages to go to Europe. So that's why he's important. Um, but they took a lot of ideas from that. Now, the Grupo Sensala, they actually academized capoeira. They said, you know what? These are the movements everybody has to learn. They created what's called the cordao system, the cord system. It's like a belt system that you see like in karate and stuff like that. Um, they, they like, we're going we're gonna to create a cord system. We're going to create tests, all that stuff. So they were like the ones to actually make it an academy. Um, a lot of people hate on them for that. But again, if it wasn't for those two, you know, Mester Bimba and Cesaro, we wouldn't have capoeira. And a lot of those mestres left Brazil um, in the 80s and 90s, um, and they started schools around the world. Now, the three biggest schools, of course, and people are going to argue with me on this, right, is going to be Grupo Sensala, right? Actually, four biggest schools is Grupo Sensala, started by a whole bunch of different messages. Then you have Grupo Brazil, or Grupo Capoeira Brazil. People just say Grupo Brazil, but Grupo Capoeira Brazil, where Messer Boneco comes from. That's the school that I went to. You have Abadá Capoeira, which started by Messer Camisa, who came from the Sensala group. Um, and um, and then you finally have Cordalje Oro, CD, or they call it CDO. Um, and that was started by the late, I mean, excuse me, the great, great, great Mr. Suosana, to me, one of the best Capoeira singers of all time, that I, you know, in modern times. So, and that's, then those are like the, the four biggest schools that either, and other, other people became offshoots of those schools, but those are the four biggest, they have the most schools around the world. Work. <laughs> Before I get in trouble, I do want to shout out um, the Angoleros out there, Capoeira Angola. And that is a form of Capoeira. Um, and that's usually traced back to the, the late great Mestre Pastinha. Um, and then his his uh, his students created what is called um, the International Capoeira Angola Foundation, ICAF. In, Portu in Portuguese, it's, it's FICA, uh, Fundusal de Capoeira um, Angola. So, um, and I just want to say that, excuse me, Fundusal Internacional Capoeira Angola. FICA. So, and that was put together by Mr. Joe Pequeño, Mr. Joe Grande, and Mr. Moraes, and my, one of my favorites, Mr. Cobra Mansa. So those um, four individuals started that, and they have a lot of schools around the world, and they're probably uh, the biggest Capoeira Angola school in the world. Um, and so definitely, I don't want to leave them out of the whole history of that. Um, and, you know, Mr. Pacina's story is also fascinating. So definitely didn't want to leave them out. I know a lot I'm going to debate, and that's cool. I'm, I'm cool with it. Let's debate. For real, for real. Let's do that.
right, now we're going to get into the literature. Um, the first book that every capoeirista has, and capoeirista is a term we use for someone who practices capoeira, is a primer. Um, it's the Little Capoeira Book by Nestor Capoeira. Shout out to you, sir. Um, anyway, um, every capoeirista has this book. Um, even if you're not a capoeirista, it's a good book to read because it's a primer. It's a, it's a small book, no more than 150 pages. It gives you a brief history of capoeira. Um, it talks about the two main uh, practitioners that help modernize capoeira, which is Mestre Bimba and Mestre Pastinha. Um, and it, it tells you like a brief history, gives you the basic movements, the basic songs, the instruments. It has pictures in it of, of the movements. It's a really brief, like really, if if you're a beginner, this is the book for you. Um, and uh, Ernesto Capoeira, he wasn't a student of Mestre Bimba. He came from the Sensala school, which I'm going to talk about later on. Um, and yeah, it's a really, it's a really dope book. Um, and you can find it on Amazon. You can find it anywhere, Barnes and Nobles. And I, I've been to certain places and the book was actually physically there. So I know it's like in it its fourth edition now. And I don't, I don't even have the fourth edition. I have the, the third edition. So, but I use it all the time. Um, I have two copies myself. I've, I've given away so many and I've lost so many, but I have two copies myself that I keep with me at all times. Another book that I recommend that I love, that I enjoy, um, is by somebody I already talked about, Mestre Cojon. Um, and it's called Capoeira, a Brazilian art form, history, philosophy, and practice. And uh, Mestre Jones is an artist, and he was actually a student of Mestre Bimba. Um, and I'm going to talk about him later on. Um, he's, he's an artist, so you can tell that the book is written from an artist's perspective. Um, I like this book because it has a lot of pictures um, of Mestre Bimba, of Mestre Pastinha, of different capoeiristas, notable capoeira, capoeira mestres. Um, and I, it's a really good book. It has, it, it reminds me of Nestor Capoeira's book. It's just that it's more artistic and it has more pictures. But he gives you a brief history. He gives you the move, the, the the music and the movements and all that stuff. So it's really really dope. Um, and again, Mestre Cardone is somebody you could actually reach out to. Um, he's he's um, almost I think he's in the seventies and he's still teaching and practicing and singing and performing. So he's definitely somebody that I that's like goals right. Um, another book that I, I recommend, um, but a lot of people don't like it because it's a two volume set, but it really gets into the history of Capoeira and it talks about, which I'm going to talk about later, the, the dispersion of Capoeira. Um, and it is written by Gerard Taylor. He's a non-Brazilian. Um, and it's a two volume set. Um, and it's Capoeira. It's called Capoeira, um, from Luanda, from Luanda to, um, cyberspace. And the first volume, he doesn't really get into Capoeira and I'm a historian, so it speaks to me. The first book gets into um, the history of slavery and the, the, the sugar economy and how it made slavery possible. Um, he talks about that. He talks about what I like about Gerard Taylor's book is he talks about martial arts in the West and middle parts of Africa. Yes, he talks about that, how different military groups used them um, and then how it came about and mixed in, in, in um, Brazil. So I think that's really important. So the first volume, he doesn't even get into Capoeira. That's why a lot of people don't like it. But volume two, he gets into it. I love it. Two thick volumes, and I ran through them. Shout out to Gerard Taylor. I never got a chance to meet you, but hopefully I will. So I recommend those, those three books. Um, there's a bunch of other books out there. Um, there's not too many that are written in English. So that's, that's why you can actually, if you wanted to, you can purchase all the Capoeira books, and they probably went in, in, in English now, and they'll probably just fit in one shelf, like one line of your shelf. That's that, you know, that's why I wrote a book um, called um, um, Is That Breakdance Fighting? It's my take on Capoeira because I wanted to add to that literature in English. So, but a lot of stuff you can find um, 
in, in, in Portuguese, you can find it. Um, you, know, you go online and ac academic journals and stuff like that. Because there's a lot of stuff written about capoeira academically. Um, if you're into that stuff, but it's usually from Brazil and Portuguese. So, but those are more. If you if you want to know some more literature, let me know. I'll send it to you. Um, you know where to hit me up at the end of the show. I always put it, and it's in my show notes. I hope this helps. So, if you ask. The most capoeiristas, they're going to tell you that they got into capoeira two ways. One was through the game Tekken. There was a character named there, Eddie Gordo, who was motion captured or mocap by Mr. Marcello, um, a real capoeirista who actually makes beating bars and teaches classes still. Or the movie, like I talked about earlier, Only the Strong, um, which featured Mark Dacascos, who was not a capoeirista. He does TKD Taekwondo. But he's now my Iron Chef, and he was in the last John Wick movie. Shout out to him because he's still doing his thing. Follow him on IG. A good dude. Really good dude. Um, and then, um, um, so that those movies are there. And also, that movie, Only the Strong, also had Mestre Amen, who ages backwards. This guy ages backwards. He teaches in UCLA, in California. He has a school there. Um, and the homie Misty Creates, she, she actually is one of her students. Shout out to you. This is your idea to do this episode. Um, so yeah, Messi Amen was in there. Um, I think Messi Machado was in there too. I can't remember. Um, but uh, Messi Amen was in there. He played his instructor. Um, you probably know this one individual that you probably see pop up in a lot of movies is actually Latif Crowder. Uh, Latif Crowder dos Santos, who was actually in the Tekken movie and he played Eddie Gordo. Um, and he was um, in that movie uh, Falcon Rising where he played a villain. And he actually used Capoeira in there. But he was in other movies like um, The Book of Eli, Mortal Kombat Rebirth, um, Street Warrior. Um, and he was in a whole bunch of other stuff. At, he was in The Protector um, where he fought against um, Homeboy. And he actually hurt his hand in that movie. Um, he fights in that. In the, it's, I think it's like a it's like a, like a church and it's on fire. It has water on the ground. He fights. That's that scene. It's like a three-minute fight scene. A really dope scene in there. And, uh, but Capoeira is in a lot of movies. Um, I do want to say that uh, another movie I recommend, I talked about it earlier, it's called Besoro. I know that they translated to English and it's called, I'm trying to remember, they changed the name. Don't watch it in English. Watch it dub. Don't watch the dub. Watch it in subtitles because the dub version, everybody has a different accent and I don't like it. But um, um, it's about Besoro Manjanga who was actually a real person. He was the, um, the uh, mestre of the late great mestre Leo Ponilla. Um, so his, one of his students actually lived, was around. He can talk about him. Um, and there's a lot of myths about him. But it's a really good movie. I like it. Um, so definitely check that one out. And Only the Strong. People debate about that because it was it was made for like general audiences. But it kept the essence of Capoeira. The music, the culture. It really did. So that's why I tell people, go watch that movie. Um, I like it. There's a lot of corny dialogue. But it's still a good movie that represents Capoeira. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to say that... Um, Catwoman starring Holly Berry, which is probably one of the worst superhero movies. She was actually trained capoeira by Mestre Boneco, um, who helped start Grupo Brazil. Um, so she actually knows capoeira. She actually trained for like two years. So and she did most of her stunts in that. And Catwoman fights capoeira in there. Um, a couple of notable things. Ape Sapien from the Hellboy, um, the original st story. He was taught capoeira. He does a little bit of capoeira in the second movie. And Loki from the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
he was taught capoeira for his role, but he never used it or they cut those scenes out. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, and After Earth, the movie, um, my first capoeira instructor, Legit, who's out in California, shout out to you, sir. Um, he's actually the stunt double for Jaden Smith. And that last scene where he fights that monster, um, he's actually doing capoeira. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But capoeira is in a lot, a lot of movies. Sometimes you don't even notice it. Like, I just learned that it was in Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman, the one that came out a couple years ago. So I'm actually going to go back and look at it. But there's a lot of times capoeira is used. Um, um, and, you know, a lot of times it's just not mentioned. And a lot of uh, martial arts, they, uh, martial artists, they use capoeira in some of their movements. So um, it is in pop culture. Um, and actually, um, in Black Panther, uh, Maurice Crump um, was the one that taught... Um, um, Chadwick Boseman Capoeira So he does Capoeira In Black Panther So just to show, throw that out there So it, it shows up prominently A lot of times You just don't notice it So uh, if you know of any others Please let me know There's a lot of them That I'm just not going over Word This segment um, was to my student, Avogado. He said I should um, really talk about expectations and what people need when they come to Capoeira. First of all, for you to become a Capoeirista your first day, you don't need anything but yourself. Um, do not wear shorts, by the way, because you're going to spend most of your time upside down. We're not trying to see all that. So wear long pants, sweats. Um, you don't have to have an abada unless you become a student and, uh, and you, you become a, you know, a long-term Capoeirista. Then you need to buy your abadas. And those are the white pants that we wear. But just long pants, you know, sweats. You know, capris are fine, uh, t-shirt or tank top, you know, whatever you're comfortable in. Um, you don't need any formal training or anything else. Um, I know I know a lot of people cross-train and that's fine, but just do like Bruce Lee when you come into the class, kind of like empty your cup. Uh, because capoeira, the one thing about capoeira is that you really, you as a, as a martial art, you're going to learn to use every part of your body. Even your head, you know what I mean? You're going to use everything. You're going to be using muscles you've never used before. And like all martial arts and all things, it focuses on the core. Um, if you come off the... if I always tell people this. If you come off the couch um, and you have like health issues, you should check with your doctor first. Because I had people come to my class that had heart conditions and they didn't finish the class. They, they didn't die, but they couldn't make it through the class. Because the classes are hard. I'll say on average, I have a 90% attrition rate. And when I've talked to other instructors, they've told me the same thing too. So I've seen people quit classes. People quit my classes. Um, the first 10 to 15 minutes, it is not easy. To this day, there are moments where I'm in class. I'm taking a workshop at 15 minutes in, I want to quit. So um, it's not for the faint of heart. So don't think that you're going to see something on YouTube and you're going to do that the first day. Which I always tell, this is what I always tell people, right? Because I guess people will see something on YouTube and they feel like, well, when I take this class, I'm going to come out looking like that. You're not. And that's what anything, right? You don't go to your first day of school and knock everything. You know, first day of school, you're ready to get your high school diploma. That's not how that works, right? Um, you, go, you work in baby steps and in increments. So what I always tell students is don't do two things. Don't expect too much. And number two, don't peg yourself to somebody else. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we'll see somebody in the class that's usually like the best student. We want to be like that person. That's fine. But again, don't expect to be like that person your first day, right? Because the first thing you learn in Capoeira is the Jinga. And a lot of people cannot do that on their first day, even me. So um, don't be upset. Don't get hurt. What I tell people is 
Um, some of the things that you couldn't do when you first got there, you can now do at the end of class. And to me, that's a big leap. It is. It's a big leap. So don't quit, uh, but just don't have high expectations. There's a lot of hard stuff. Some people are strong in certain points and some people are strong in others. What I like about Capoeira is there's so much in it that you could be good at. Um, and you just got to figure out what it is. So just keep trying. Learn the music. Learn the language. Um, learn the history because that's all part of your training. Um, and there's a lot of literature. I went over that. But um, again, you don't have to have a background in anything. A lot of people will say, well, you know, I want to lose weight or no, no, no. Come to Capoeira. Come. Come to Capoeira. You lose the weight while you win there and you have fun. But ultimately, have fun. Because let me just say this. To me, um, Capoeiristas are one of the best partiers on the planet. I will argue with anybody on that. They're better than college students because not only do we do Capoeira, not only do we drink, not only do we eat the best foods, we also dance. So please come on down and do that. If you want to try it, let me know. If you have any questions, my information is in the show notes and it's also at the end. But go ahead and give it a try and let me know what's up. Work. So now um, shout outs are in order. Um, first of all, shout out to Missy Creates because she told me to do this a while ago. Like she told me to do this like episode 43. She's been telling me ever since do a Capoeira episode. Shout out to you because a lot of the ideas that I have for my show, a good number of them come from her. Um, I am going to post in the show notes um, the link of the uh, interview I did with um, uh, Science with Steph, where I talked about Capoeira there. Um, and then I also want to shout out my students from Capoeira Dayton, um, Avocados, um, um, Gumby, um, all of you that, that used to train with me, St. Pista, um, all, all of y'all. I love all of y'all. Um, thank y'all for always being, you know, just letting me be your, your instructor. Um, shout out to my boy Santos. Uh, shout out to my boy Page. Um, shout out to my boy Tuzino, Professor Tuzino. Um, who else do I want to shout out? I want to shout out my first Capoeira instructor, Liger. I want to shout out Mr. Boneco. I want to shout out um, um, Professor Dentista. I miss you, brother. Um, and I definitely want to shout out Mr. Dotor. I want to shout out Mr. Jelon, who always show me love. Um, who else should I shout out? Um, just all the Capoeiristas that I've trained with, played against, messed with, hung out with, drank with, partied with, passed out with. You let me use your sofa. You let me use your floor to sleep on. Y'all know who you are. People that booked me to teach classes or workshops, y'all know who you are. Um, everybody at Wright State University, Sinclair Community College, Old Dominion University, um, Capoeira Uhuru Association, my godbrother Rashid Allah, um, you know, my boy Pele, um, gosh, there's so many of y'all, you know, my boy uh, Tavi, um, Saron, Cabezador, all of y'all that just train with me. I love all of y'all. Y'all made Capoeira part of my life, and Capoeira is life. So thanks to all of y'all. If I forgot you, Blame the, 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 the head and not the heart. Word. Peace, party people. There you have it. Another episode of With My Killer Tape at the Capoeira episode. If you want to book me, and yes, I could do the physical stuff online via Skype or, um, you know, Zoom. You can do that by putting bookings in the subject header of the email and sending it to dantresomi at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-T-R-E-S-O-M-I. 
at gmail.com. If you just want to hit me up, um, you can do so on the official Twitter account of the show, which is Omi's Podcast, O-M-I-S Podcast. Or just hit me up on my personal uh, Twitter, which is always jumping, at D-A-N-T-R-E-S-O-M-I. That's Dan Trezomi. Um, if you want to continue the conversation, please do so either on IG or on Twitter. And you just use the hashtag where my killer tape at. Killer is spelled K-I-L-L-A. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate y'all and I love y'all. Peace.